Hey guys, it's Lauren Yates here, celebrity interviewer, entertainment reporter, and the host of this podcast, Rave It Up, celebrity news, reviews, and interviews. If this is the first time you're listening, go check out our show's trailer on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to learn more about us. And make sure to follow us on social media to tell us what else you would like to hear from this podcast. We are under Rave It Up TV on Instagram, Rave It Up Show on Facebook, and our website is raveituptv.com. Now today, have you always wanted to know more about the behind the scenes of musicals and the biggest productions here in Sydney and across Australia? Well, we've got your back. Today we've got Ian Phipps coming on the show from IP Publicity. He is a huge publicist that's looked after shows like Wicked, The Book of Mormon, The Wizard of Oz, Grease, Pippin, The Rocky Horror Show, and that's just a tiny snippet of all of them. He's even met Dame Julie Andrews. That's amazing, right? So today we really talk in depth about how he got to where he is today and the challenges he faced when he opened his own PR firm. There's so much to cover today, so let's get into it now. Before we get into today's interview, we would like to give a shout out to our Patreons, Irene, Bev and Michael. If you haven't heard of Patreon before, it is a great way to support us and keep us running and improving. You pick a membership tier that suits you and your budget per month, and in return for supporting us, we'll give you behind the scenes content and free stuff. You don't have to give much either. You can be a part of our Patreons for as little as $4 a month. Just visit patreon.com forward slash rave it up. You can even donate through PayPal if you don't trust other sites. You can do so just through our email, raveituptv at gmail.com. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to contact us. We appreciate anything you can do to support us. Now, let's get into this interview. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Rave it up. Hey guys, it's RJ May from Breaking Bad. Adam Savani from Step Up. It's Keegan Allen from Pretty Little Irish. Hi, this is Arthur Butcher. It's Cosentino. It's Rob Mills. Todd McKenney with Lauren Yates on Rave It Up. Raving it up. Rave it I'm up. having fun. Hashtag Lauren, rave it up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Thank you, I like that effect. <laughs> We're raving it up. Ian, welcome to Rave It Up. It is a pleasure to finally have you on the show. How are you going today? Thanks, Lauren. Oh, good, good. It's been crazy busy because when the lockdown finished or when the announcement of the lockdown finished was finishing work went from sort of 10 percent to 110 percent or 210 percent within a matter of hours so it's been nice to have a little bit of a quiet time over christmas oh. uh but yeah it's been pretty crazy crazy busy since theater was coming back because i heard that you were like i think working on 20 productions just before COVID hit that's a lot is it even more I was. And in 2020, I had, I think, six major musicals touring Australia and New Zealand and so on. And it was going to be a huge year. And, you know, within minutes, uh, back in March of 2020, everything just sort of disappeared. The Book of Mormon closed in New Zealand a few days after opening. Uh, Nine to five uh, was two weeks out from starting rehearsals. It finished. Yeah. Uh, we had Trek in Melbourne. Uh, halfway through the season, it was due to go to Brisbane. We had Charlie and the Chocolate Factory finished in Melbourne, about to open in Brisbane, and it finished it, its dress rehearsals but hadn't started its first preview. Were, we just announced the cast for The Secret Garden and uh, 
Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish was coming later in the year and we were about to announce that part. So it was a, it was going to be a very big year and it went from sort of a huge year to what I call my long service leave, sitting around with nothing to do. Yeah, exactly. But you've been like non-stop for so long, so it was probably a little bit of a blessing to you that you finally got to relax. <laughs> do you know how to do yeah. that? <laughs> Well, I, I can remember saying to somebody at the beginning of last year uh, or the beginning of 2020, I would just like a couple of weeks but do absolutely nothing because whenever I go overseas, I've got to keep working a few hours a day and whenever I'm on holidays, because I run my own business, it's just up to me, so I've got to keep doing it. And so be careful what you wish for because exactly. I got a hell of a lot more than a couple of weeks off. I needed it too. <laughs> yeah. So since this is your first time on the show, Ian, I'd actually love to – kind of bring you back down memory lane and start from the beginning if that's okay to get a good idea of how you've made it to where you are today and I even had a listen to your interview on that podcast stages oh yes is it yeah yeah. amazing interview it really helped me prep for this one which was fantastic (laughs) and you mentioned in that interview you come from quite a big family you started school at age four because your mum had what four kids under five years old feel so sorry for her (laughs) how was it hard coming from a big family were you always like fighting each other for attention uh yes and no uh you know i'm cold i don't remember that uh once my younger sister who was two and a half years younger than me uh came along um i was i was not very nice to her because i i think i was used to having my parents full attention and all of a sudden uh i didn't anymore so yes i think i was a bit of a problem child that was another one of the reasons why once mum had me my sister and then twin brother twin boys uh it was a bit much having four kids under five at home so she mm. sent me off in the last term in those days it was three terms at school uh we lived at rose hill um and it was just up the road to rose hill primary school so i had one term in kindergarten and then the next year went into first class and uh, yeah, started at school pretty early. So how many siblings do you have in total? Uh, the, well, I'm the eldest of five. My, myself, uh, a sister Kim, two brothers, Gary and Graham, and a sister Dale, who was a happy accident uh, 12 years after Gary and Graham. Wow, that is a big family. <laughs> and I was actually surprised to hear as well in this interview that you actually studied medicine originally. That is very different from what you're doing now. Did you kind of just pick it because you had to choose something after school, like I guess all of us do, or was there actually some sort of interest there? Uh, there was, there definitely was interest there. Um, yeah, when I, all through school, I used to say, I want to be an actor or I want to be a television personality. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that was what I always said when I was young and, and straight through, and everybody, of course, said to me, oh, you know, a bit risky, you need something to fall back on, you know, that old thing. So when I left school, I was interested in medicine because it seemed dramatic to me. Uh, so I, and there were quite a few in my year at Wollongong High School got into medicine. We all came up to Sydney from Wollongong and, uh, and did it. But after four and a half years, I thought, I'm never going to get out and I really want to be in the theatre world. And if I don't get out now, I never will. So I remember speaking to the Dean of Medicine and he was saying things like, you know, we spent $60,000 on your education, you know, don't waste that. He said you can always come back in a year. And I said, okay, we'll see. So I, I got out of medicine. Um, I, I did love doing medicine. I, 
whenever I'd go home to Wollongong on weekends, I'd go up the casualty at Wollongong Hospital at sort of 10 o'clock on a Friday and Saturday night and work there with the nurses and doctors until 3, 4, 5 a.m. Wow. with all the, you know, car accidents and this and that. And I love the drama of it, the theatricality of it all in a way. And I made a lot of great friends, uh, you know, some nurses I still know very well and see. Um, but after four and a half years, the people that I was studying with had become a bit boring. They become doctors instead of interesting, unusual people. And the ward sort of work was, to me, a little bit routine. And I liked variation and, you know, variety. And I thought if I don't get out and try acting now, I never will. So I got out, did some acting classes, did a couple of plays. I was in an episode, I think two episodes of The Young Doctors as a patient. Um, and then I realised I wasn't very good at being an actor. I wasn't a good actor. And I stumbled into a job at the Sydney Theatre Company, working in the box office there, and then putting up posters around Sydney for their productions. And ever since then, I've just got offered jobs along the way. And I feel like uh, my my route was mapped out to where I am today, that I just had to say yes to these opportunities as they came along. And, you know, it all worked out for the best. Yeah, the rest is history, right? <laughs> yeah. You didn't actually go to a lot of musicals growing up. You more went to movies and things with your family. So where do you actually think the love of all the arts and entertainment came from? I can remember my first uh, going experience. I was about six or something like that, I think. And it was at the Tivoli, the old Tivoli uh, in, in Sydney. I don't know where the Tivoli was because it's long since fallen down. But it was a panto, a pantomime at Christmas. And it was uh, Alice in Wonderland. And I remember it distinctly because I was sitting on an aisle and an actor and writer called Michael Body, who was huge, was playing the Queen of Hearts. And I've got vision of him coming down the aisle behind me and he was interacting with different people sitting on the aisles and got to me and I was terrified because I thought he was going to sit on me and squash <laughs> me. Um and I've also got a vision of the next year going to see, uh, uh, what was it, the, uh, the Wizard of Oz. Uh, Reg Livermore played the Wicked Witch. But I've just got a vision of the Green Witch flying across the stage. So there was a love there back then of shows. Then uh, my sixth class did a, a musical at school because I had to repeat sixth class. I was too young to go to high school. Um, and I went to a different different school where they did music and I did one then. And I think that love has gradually developed. At high school, I uh, set up and ran a film club and I brought a couple of busloads of people from Wollongong to raise money for the film club up to see Jesus Christ Superstar at the Capitol Theatre and the Rocky Horror Show at the New Art Cinema in Glebe. Um, so there was always both movies and theatre uh, you know, with a love of it. I think I, I love the drama. And I used to have puppets and do puppet shows for all the kids around the neighbourhood and force my brothers and sisters to either help me in those plays that I wrote or the puppet shows or be in the audience and so on. So it was there from a young age. Mm, I completely understand. Like, I love musicals, plays, everything around that whole, I'm going to say, arena. Like, it's just so it's magical. It really takes you to another place, doesn't it? So... I personally understand why you love it. <laughs> Looking for the most comfortable and fashionable gym clothes around? Introducing Gym XO. 
They are an eco-friendly brand from the UK. Gymwear made from recycled materials. Pick from some really cute gym sets, tops, bottoms, and there are even options for curvy women. Get 30% off today with free shipping by using our discount code RAVEITUP30 at checkout. Go to gymxo.co.uk today. That is gymexo.co.uk. Did you know we filmed this interview? Well, come on over to our YouTube channel, Rave It Up TV. You can subscribe for free. And here's a little secret. We like to reward our active subscribers with autographed photos and merchandise, no matter where you are in the world. So don't forget to give us a thumbs up while you're there and get busy sharing the videos with your friends. So for our audience, you've also worked as the publicity manager at SBS Television. That's pretty cool. The marketing manager at Riverside Theatres in Parramatta. Even uh, you worked at Afters for a while as the publicity and promotions manager. But one thing I found very, very interesting was for 26 years you worked as a film reviewer slash entertainment reporter, whatever you title you want to call that, at the ABC. Would you ever do that again? Or now that you've got into publicity, you're like, no, not looking back. No, no, no. They were were simultaneous for a long time. And I still hop on to uh, programs on ABC Radio to talk about theatre and film and things that I've seen. So, yeah, it's an ongoing thing. That all started when um, I was was working for Nimrod Theatre Company as uh, their publicist in the box office. And a friend of mine, Tony Delroy, who I became friends with, was offered the job of doing a program late night on ABC Radio. And it was just Sydney at the start. And he said, well, I need a film reviewer. You go to the movies a lot, you see things, and you can put two words together. Do you want to give it a go? I said, yeah, sure, why not? So, you know, every Tuesday night for for years, and the program started in Sydney, then New South Wales wide, and then national. And, uh, yeah, I would do films for, for many years, once a week, and then I started to do video reviews on a Friday night as well. Uh, and then... After a while, I just didn't have time with mm. my workload to see three or four new movies every week. So I started to do just DVDs on a Friday night and hand over the, the film reviews to somebody else. But whenever I'd go to the Helpman Awards or, you know, other big opening nights from the opening night of, uh, of Les Miserables or, you know, big musicals, I'd ring in and report in and uh, give a report on the night, a, a review or who'd won the awards at the Helpman Awards and things like that. So, yeah, that was, that was a long time. It was, it was really enjoyable. That's so much fun, like just to get a little bit of an insight into, you know, a lot of people just go for the enjoyment of it, but you've kind of got to look at it in a whole different way, don't you, because you've got to actually yeah. review it. Exactly. And, you know, you never know where things are going to end up, like, from getting to know Tony Delroy, who was off an ABC radio show, then I, I did that for a long time. And then um, after a while, because I knew all the theatre critics and, and um, film critics, I uh, the, the Sunday Telegraph uh, theatre and film critics said, listen, I'm going away for a couple of weeks. Would you fill in writing for the Sunday Telegraph? So then Fantastic. for 10 years, I was a casual fill-in uh, reviewer for Sunday Telegraph for movies or for and so on and then through that I also got to know Margaret Pomerantz from the movie show on SBS and while I was at uh, the AFTRS she and I co-produced a TV series together 
that was a series of film critics forums. And then she offered me a job at SBS as production manager at the movie show. And then the publicist for movies and the movie show left at SBS. So then I moved over back into publicity where I'd come from before. So you just never know where, where things are going to end up. When you say yes to something else, it'll just lead you know, to many other different jobs or opportunities. Absolutely. And, and in this industry, it is about who you know, isn't it? And then it kind of just turns into, especially for you, a snowball effect. <laughs> exactly. It's always who you know and being at the right place at the right time. Yeah. Which has probably, I'm guessing, helped your business as well. So you've been the director of your own boutique PR firm. I love calling it boutique PR, <laughs> IP yeah. publicity, since 2009. When did you realize that you wanted to actually start your own firm? That's such a big step. A lot of people are probably just happy just working for someone else, but that's scary. I, yeah, I'd never really thought about it very much. Um, after SBS, I went to Riverside Theatres at Parramatta as marketing manager for two and a half years because I was missing live theatre mm. rather than TV. And while I was at Riverside, uh, John Frost, who's you know, mega producer, uh, came to me. I'd known John many, many years before when I managed the Footbridge Theatre for John and Ashley when they had the Footbridge Theatre. And John came to me and said, um, listen, I haven't found a publicist in Sydney that I really like. His previous publicist, Judith Johnson, who had taught me the publicity business, and I'd worked for her off and on for many years. Judith had died just before Priscilla uh, opened. And John hadn't found a publicist that he liked. So he came to me and said, listen, if you want to go out on your own, uh, I could give you the Sydney publicity of Wicked and a national tour of, of Chicago, and they'd probably pay your bills for the first year. Um, wow. So why don't you give it a go? And I thought, well, I paid off my mortgage at that stage. I didn't have a lot of expenses. I could just work from home in the, in the office at home. And I thought, well, I'll give it a go. If it doesn't work, I can go out and get a job as an usher or in a box office or, you know, do anything again. Mm. So I gave it a go. And, you know, whatever it is, 13 years later, I'm still here. Wow. So you did have a real love for it. You could actually run it the way you wanted to as well. I could. I Yeah, I do love publicity. I think... Uh, people, it, you know, it, it just suits me. I love the interaction with cast and crew and the production. I love working in media, which is where obviously a lot of my career has been as well. Uh, and so it's the interaction of the two and marrying up opportunities for both media and a production. And so, uh, you know, when I'd been publicist uh, at uh, AFTRS or SDS or um other organisations, Nimrod and so on, all, all those things really worked for me and I knew that was the area I wanted to be. When I went to marketing at, at Riverside Theatres, I realised that publicity was where I wanted to be because I wasn't interested in advertising schedules and other things like that. I was interested in the, the interaction with the cast and finding out a great story that one of the cast members might have that then I could pitch to a radio program or, or a newspaper and get up an article. And, you know, that, that was what was interesting me most. So, yeah, it just worked out. And then because I could start my own company and but the, initially I said yes to basically every job and then after a while I realised, yeah, I'm, I'm very busy, I... I think I probably could say no to a few things and I will get offered other jobs. I don't need to say yes to everything. Mm. Um, 
I realised that, you know, this was an area that I wanted and I enjoyed and I could pick and choose the projects that I could work on. Looking back on your past that we've talked about and to now obviously owning your own company, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I would think that all those other jobs has actually helped you for your own business, right? With all the contacts that you've made originally. So it helps with opening nights. You have heaps of media contacts and vice versa with everything within publicity. Yeah, exactly. Everything I've done up until now has led to now because I know tele- the television world intimately because I produced TV and I was you know, there working working as a television publicist, uh, managing theatres, you know, managing the Footbridge Theatre, knowing how front of house and everything works in a theatre, doing budgets and ordering and so on. Uh, I set up the Orpheum Theatre at Cremorne and employed the staff and, uh, and set up the bar license and all that sort of stuff. And that helped knowing all the front of house and procedures there, uh, doing budgets for uh, for SBS TV publicity and for AFP and that sort of stuff helps me with my budgeting for my business and so on and yeah working in media in abc radio and sunday telegraph and all those sort of areas i know how they work and Mm. so i know the sort of stories they're going to be interested in so i'm not wasting my time pitching them something they're not going to be interested in i'm pitching them something they will be interested in they can't say no so everything i've done yes has led to this point to make it easier for me to do my job here working for myself which is a good helpful tip for our audience too because I know a lot of people just want to go out, work for themselves, create a business, but actually sometimes you need to do those hard yards to also make it a little bit easier for when you do have your own business. That's right. You need to make connections. Like you said, it's who you know rather than what you know. So mm-hmm. uh, working with a lot of different organisations um, helped me to gain connections in lots of ways to get to know a lot of performers, producers, stage managers, theatre owners, all those sort of things. And all of those people are my network that feeds uh, work and also mentors and and so on. We all need mentors, the people who can, who you can pick up the phone and say, hey, listen, I'm thinking about this. What do you think about this? I've got a lot of people who I've spoken to over the years who have advised me and, and so on. So I... Many years ago, 30 years ago, I couldn't have gone out and set up my business and been successful. Uh, it's everything that's led up into this point 13 years ago that's made it successful. So did you have any challenges in the beginning then? You did have to do it all by yourself, so that, that was a lot of work. I did, I did. And I hadn't run campaigns in other states, for example. I'd always been Sydney-based. Uh, so learning about media in other states was a bit of a challenge because as a national publicist of a touring musical, as I was in Chicago 13 years ago, uh, we have a local publicist on the ground, but me as national publicist, I'm supervising them, giving them all the tools that they need to do their work in their, in their city. So I didn't know too much about that. So I, that was something I learned. And, uh, you know, I, I learned from other people at the same time. Um, there are lots of other things I, I learned along the way. Yes, it was busy at first, but I was only working on a couple of different productions initially because that's all I could handle. Um, after about a, oh, something like a year and a half, I had a call from a, an intern at uh, UTS uh, who was looking for a placement. And I thought, oh, okay, well, that would be handy to have somebody else to, to give me a bit of, you know, a bit of, 
help along the way. And so uh, Carla came in and did one day a week for three or four months. And then when she left uni, uh, I was getting busier because I was offered more work. And I said, how about I employ you a couple of days a week until you get a job? And she said, okay, that sounds great. So I employed her a couple of days a week, which was really good. And then she got a job and I, I said, well, actually, I don't want to lose you and I've got all this work to do. So if how about we say four days a week now and when I get another couple of jobs then it goes up to full time, she was happy with that because she really enjoyed the sort of work. So Carla was with me for three years as an employee and so I've had other employees ever since. I started out on my own but then gradually built. I don't take on too much work because I don't want to have to take on, take on extra work to pay for extra staff. And people employ me for me. So I've got to go to meetings with all those different uh, shows and employers and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm now back after COVID to myself and, and one employee and um, my partner doing our social media. So, uh, yeah, it's just a small team and we just take on enough work. It's like you, you need to clone yourself so you can be in all the places at once. That would be a more helpful, wouldn't it? That would be really good, yes. Yeah. But it doesn't work that way. In this day and age, we're surrounded by technology and electricity all the time. Like our phones and laptops, phone and radio towers, Wi-Fi, electric power lines, and the appliances in our home. Do you know that these could be damaging your health because of the electromagnetic radiation coming off them? When I found Orgone Effects though and bought their products, I immediately noticed a difference. I started sleeping better and was even calmer and not always high in adrenaline. Orgone Effects has over 20 years experience in developing products to neutralize the harmful effects of EMRs. I have six of their products myself now and I could not recommend them highly enough. These products last a lifetime too, so you only have to buy them once. Go check out their website, orgoneffectsaustralia.com.au. That is O-R-G-O-N-E effectsaustralia.com.au. And type in the coupon code RAVEITUP at checkout. Do you know Rave It Up now has a private Facebook group where we give away regular prizes and you get to have a sneak peek at what we're up to? You'll get to see some fun behind-the-scenes action and can be part of the interview process yourself, just like a real journalist. So come join us and share your passion for entertainment with all of our other fans. Just search Rave It Up Community on Facebook and we look forward to getting to know you. So how do you know which opportunities to actually say no to? Do you just pick the ones that you like the most? Mostly, um, no, first, first of all, producers I've worked with before uh, and liked, liked working with, they get priority. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, John Frost and Gordon Frost Organisation, Crossroads now. Uh, I do, I've done all their work for the last 13, 14 years. Uh, so they, I sort of know a year or two ahead what musicals they will have. So I can see spaced out on the calendar when they're going to open and so what gaps we're going to have. Uh, Sharon, who works with me at the moment, and I you know, work on those musicals together. So I work out when we're going to have gaps in our schedule and we'll when we won't be so busy so I can take on other work at those times. So it's about timing. Um, it's also about the projects that we're interested in uh, because Sharon, you know, somebody might offer Sharon a job and she, she says, oh, I'd love to do this. And I say, well, we're going to be busy, but if you want to do it, let's do it. And I can I can do a bit more of your work at that time and so on. Um, and also, it's 
it's volume of work for each show because we've we've done a lot of very small shows, but those small shows often take as much work as a very big show uh, because you've still got the same process, no matter what the show is, of writing your media release, sending it out, pitching stories, um, doing an opening night invitation list, sending it out. Uh, inviting reviewers, make sure reviewers come, compiling the reviews, sending them off, make sure everybody comes to opening night and do all the follow-ups of all the in-season publicity and so on. So it's the same process for every show, no matter whether it's a multiple mega musical or whether it's just a, a three-week season of the old Fitz Theatre. It's the same process. Um, and those small shows will often take as much work as the large ones. Wow. So... Uh, if we've only got a, a small amount of time, it may not be right to take on a small show that I can't give as much time to as it deserves. Mm -hmm. And so I'll suggest to that producer, several other producer, uh, publicists who might have the time to take on that, that show. Yeah, because you don't want them overlapping too much where you've got to, got to do even double the work, do you? Exactly. You know, like, like I said recently, when COVID uh, was, was, when the lockdown was finishing, and all the shows were being announced. There was a few weeks where, you know, the, I think, 10 shows or whatever we've got coming up in the next few months all needed announcements, media releases, and all that sort of stuff. So it was, it was pretty crazy. It's coming down now over Christmas. And, you know, over Christmas was a quiet new year now. We're, we'll start to beef, beef up again soon because we've got the Little Prince just opened at Sydney Coliseum, uh, nine to five. Finally, two years later, starts rehearsal uh, in the middle of, of January. Head over heels for the Hayes Theatre starts uh, rehearsal a week later. A couple of other things in February. So it'll get busy again now, but then it'll quieten down again. So there's peaks and troughs. And we've just got to work out ways of planning and, you know, doing everything right so that it smooths it out and we're not doing you know, days at night, seven days a week. Yeah, well, I was going to ask, do you prefer the large-scale productions or the smaller ones? But if it's the same amount of work, I'm guessing you love them all? I love them all. Every project is different. Um, yes, I've got, you know, lots of favourites over the years, some small, some big. Um, but, yeah, it, some, some projects are more difficult than others because they may not have really good angles and hooks to get proper publicity for mm. some may have no budget at all so uh you know we can't set up a photo shoot with the cast so therefore we don't have a really great image because oh, the thing yeah. that sells sells an article to media best is a great image if you've got a great image you can get across the line most of the time mm. um some some shows if they're a one person show and there's only one actor to do interviews you know, there might be a director and others, but usually um, media are only interested in one, one uh, in talking to the actor. Mm. So if there's only one actor, you can't really give them an exclusive to multiple media. So that makes that more difficult to get up a lot of stories and so on. So there are a lot of factors in how easy or difficult a show is. Mm. Um, the big musicals I love because I love seeing a show that sweeps me away and takes me into another world and I've got emotional engagement too. And often the big musicals do. Wicked, of course, I worked on for seven years and that wow. was my, my favourite, of course. Um, mm. Yes, you know, that music still brings back so many memories of seeing it. I saw 
Uh, I saw it in preview on Broadway with Christian Chenoweth and Nadina Menzel. I went to the very first preview in London where uh, Helen Ballymore um, had her first performance as Linda. That was like a rock concert. The show was 20 minutes longer than it normally is because the minute any new person came on stage, there would be huge uproar and standing ovations when there were... Uh, when uh, every, after every song there was huge ovations on and then afterwards there were about 2,000 people outside the stage still clamouring, closed off the roads. Wow. Like that. It was a great experience. But, yeah, uh, early experience for Wicked made me really keen on working on it in Australia and I had a wonderful seven years with that show and that, that is one of my favourites. And what do you think your favourite part of your job is? Is it opening night or red carpets, media calls or just the quiet time at home in your office? <laughs> Um, well, red carpets are often frantic. Opening nights are frantic because I have to please a lot of people. If somebody's lost their tickets or, you know, somebody turns up without tickets or, you know, all those sort of things. Opening nights aren't really my favourite time. I'm always thrilled when they're over and done with. Yep. Um, media, call, media calls are great. Successful media calls even more when it's something of interest to all the TV and all the newspapers and everybody turns up. That's a really satisfying moment. Um, I think the planning of the campaign, though, is one of my favourite jobs when I think, okay, I get on the, on the first day of rehearsals, everybody meeting for the first time, and I hear lots of great stories in the cast. And I think that's a really good story. I'm going to pitch that to the Daily Telegraph, or you've got a fascinating backstory. You make a really the interesting story for Spectrum in the Sydney Morning Herald review in the weekend of Australia and, uh, and so on. So um, the process of mapping out a campaign is always pretty satisfying too. And then when it pays off in the end, even more satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. It's the planning and then seeing it come into reality. I, I love that too. I'm an organised person, so I get a good satisfaction also, out of that. <laughs> and I also love the dress rehearsal, going in for the final dress rehearsal and seeing a yeah. show without an audience and I may, I may have seen all sorts of bits and pieces in rehearsal, uh, but going to a dress rehearsal and knowing the excitement that everybody, all the audiences are going to feel for that show, just getting moved myself in an empty theatre, um, that's a great time. I've never experienced one of those, but just, you know, opening night and everything is just all really magical. So I can imagine without a crowd must be a whole nother experience. A bit eerie, but <laughs> really, really fun. <laughs> It is. It is. It's So we can easily say Wicked was probably your favourite to work on. Which one do you think you were the most stressed in? Gee, that's hard to say. One of the ones... I'll just give you a couple of other favourites first. Driving Miss Daisy with Angela Lansbury, James Earl Jones, for six months, having them in five cities across Australia, was just heaven. You know, mm. to, to say I spent six months with Angela Lansbury is just something I would never have contemplated in years gone by. Doing publicity for Julie Andrews in the stand-up talk and then... Uh, then going to bring that up. Lady. You fanboy? You know, to, to, be in, to be in a room and you hear a voice behind you saying, hello, I'm Julie, and you turn around and it's Mary Poppins and Maria. Um, that was magical. Mm. Um, those sort of experiences have been wonderful. A lot of the small shows at the Hayes too, you know, because they, they are magical experiences. Uh, recreating a show in a, a big show in a tiny space, a lot yeah. of those are magical as well. Um, uh, being the, the publicist for Sir David Attenborough and, you know, having lunch with him and then doing a couple of interviews with him, that was glorious. Uh, Professor Brian Cox, uh, one of the Palins 
one, one of the Monty Python, uh, Michael Palin, uh, you know, he was just so lovely, everybody's grandfather. Spending time with people that I had seen in media over the years and got to know them, uh, that's been really exciting. But on the other side, the most frustrating, um, a, a play called Legends that John Frost was sure was going to be a hit. And he brought out Juliet Mills, Hayley Mills and Juliet's husband, Maxwell Caulfield. The play had bombed everywhere it had been on. But John Frost thought, this is going to be a huge hit, it's going to be great. Um, and the cast were fantastic, Leah Howard, great Austro Aussie cast as well as those three. We opened in Brisbane, lukewarm reaction, uh, came to Sydney, lukewarm reaction again. And it was really hard to sell that show because, one, people knew that the show hadn't done well overseas, so they were a bit wary about the show. And two, those three stars hadn't really been in the public consciousness for a long time. Mm. So they weren't as uh, as media-friendly and savvy as a lot of others are. I didn't get many requests for them. So there were huge expectations and I found it very hard to to equip those expectations. So that one was, was a bit frustrating and, uh, yeah, that, that wasn't so easy. Very stressful for you. <laughs> Yes. But speaking of stress, how do you manage it, especially when you have so many productions on at the same time? Are you still looking after yourself too? Um, I'm, I'm, I don't tend to show stress. I'm pretty level-headed most of the time. Maybe I hold it all inside. Uh, as long as I get lots of sleep in, I can cope with anything. If I get my seven or eight hours sleep every night, I'm fine. I can cope with anything. I usually go to bed late at, you know, 12 or 1. I like to sleep in until 8.30 sort of thing. If I get a good amount of sleep, sleeping on weekends, a couple of nights at home a week just to watch uh, the TV, watch TV murder mysteries. I love good murder mysteries and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, those sort of things stress. Um, but I'm, I don't tend to hold my stress too much. Oh, good. You're perfect for this industry, man. Yeah. You always seem like a very calm man, so perfect for you. Yeah. yeah. Even with like, the stress of COVID and lockdown and everything. <laughs> I'm lucky that way, yes. Yeah, very, very lucky. So as you mentioned, 9 to 5 musical on at the moment and the other one, which was the Prince, I've forgotten what it's called. <laughs> um, yeah, The Little Prince is Little on Prince, at Sydney Coliseum at the moment, uh, West, West HQ, and that's a French company that have come to Australia to perform it and it goes from here to Broadway. It was on at the uh, Sydney Opera House in June last year, uh, sell-out season there, and it, you know, most people know that the book the little bit but this is a magical visual feast with lots of uh, uh lots of circus tricks and oh, you know cool. beautiful visuals and so on that's on at the moment nine to five is about to start rehearsals finally we open in sydney and then travel around the country fabulous cast there with marina Pryor, casey donovan erin claire eddie perfect and caroline o'connor a great ensemble uh we're about to, uh we'll be opening cinderella Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella for the first time in Australia. That was originally written for Julie Andrews oh. for television in 1957 and was the highest grossing, sorry, the highest viewing television show for many, many, many years on television. Then in 2013, the Rogers and Hammerstein organisation thought, well, it's about time it was on stage. There'd been a number of incarnations. Most, uh, most well known is Brandy and Whitney Houston's version that's on Disney Plus at the moment. But the Rodgers and Hammerstein version of Cinderella had never been on stage. 
So they got a, a writer, Douglas Carter Bean, to update it all to a very contemporary take. It did a huge business on Broadway in 2013, national tour around the, around the US. And uh, after a slight delay, it's coming to Australia, opening in Melbourne and then Brisbane and then Sydney um, uh, throughout this year. So that's the next one with, um, a, again, a, a great car, beautiful break. Fantastic. Sounds like you've got a very busy 2022. But a fun 2022, I good, think. Good, yeah, really, really good shows in there. And, and uh, you know, luckily in 2022, I've got a pile of holidays that I was supposed to take in the past two years that have all been delayed or cancelled and so on. So I've got a few holidays lined up in between the different shows. That'll help me uh, get rid of the stress too. Oh, good. Where are you going to go? Um, I've got a few days on the Gold Coast with friends in in uh, March. I'm on the GAN over Easter because I've always wanted to do the GAN and my partner's never been to Darwin, so we'll do a, a trip down there. Uh, in the middle of the year, June, we're off to Hamilton Island, which I was supposed to do in December, but we weren't allowed to go to Queensland, so that one got postponed. Mm. Uh, in September, we're doing a cruise, a river cruise from Europe through Europe for 15 days Ooh. from Amsterdam to Budapest. That's, again, been delayed twice due to COVID. And then uh, a Fiji trip that we were supposed to do last year has been delayed. That'll be November next year, so of this year. So... You know, five five trips, and that'll get rid of all the delays and cancellations and and free vouchers that we've had for the past couple of years. And that'll help with the relaxation. Yes, enjoy the relaxation. So, what happens in those times? Does your staff just keep doing all the shows and the publicity, or is that um, yeah. one of those times? I make sure I time them in between openings of shows when things are going to be quiet anyway, and I won't take on too much work while those moments are on. But, mm. um, yeah, Sharon's here and she'll be here working. But also, you know, while I'm on the Gold Coast, Hamilton Island, I'll log in every day and, you know, it's the way of your own business. You're never off, you know, so you've got to True. log in and answer a few emails and fix a few problems and that sort of stuff. But hopefully there won't be too many of those. Yeah, good luck. Hopefully there's not many and just enjoy the time off. I'm jealous. <laughs> oh, come on. You'll have a holiday or two, I'm sure. Eventually, eventually. <laughs> For me, I'm just I was dying to get back to work, you know. It's good that I could do so many Zoom interviews, but it's good to start getting back into some in-person ones as well. But, Ian, this has been amazing just hearing about your career, but would you like to end the interview with a little bit of a game? Sure, fire away. Yes. Well, it's a really fun game. It's called the two-minute hot seat. And what what I do is I ask you various questions and you just have to pick your preference. So it's like dogs or cats, singing or dancing. And you have okay. to answer as many questions in two minutes as possible. And then okay. when we finish, we'll see where you sit on the leaderboard up against everyone else has played the game on the show. <laughs> and is and there I, a prize? Is there a prize for the, the top end? To know that you're the winner? <laughs> All right, good. No prizes yet, but I like that idea. Okay, <laughs> People just love the competitive up. element. Yeah. Yeah. And it was let's funny when it. I was just having a look at like the shows you have done. There's been a lot of people on my show that have played it that you kind of verse, which would be really fun. Like I know that you did the publicity for Todd McKenney's show, you know, yes. singing Peter Allen. He answered 40 questions in his first go, which was just over the phone. 40 questions in two minutes. Yes. And 66 on the second time he came on the show because that was in person, that one. Um, okay. Ainsley Mellon from Pippin, he answered 49, so... 
Angel is in Cinderella coming up this year. Yes, and, and Rob Mills, he answered 34. So right. we'll see who you beat this time. <laughs> no, no pressure. Let's set the bar high. Setting the bar high, yes. Okay, are you ready? I'm yeah, going to get the stopwatch out. This is a great way for everyone to get to know you better too. <laughs> okay, here we go in three, two, one. Facebook or Instagram? Instagram. iPhone or Samsung? iPhone. Apple or Android? Apple. Rap or rock? Rock. Rock or pop? Pop. Pop or country? Pop. Beach or mountains? Beach. Beach or pool? Beach. Skiing or snowboarding? Neither, but skiing. Comedy or action? Sorry? Comedy or action? Uh, Comedy. Blondes or brunettes? Blondes. Sweet or salty? Sweet. Sunglasses or hat? Sunglasses. SUV or convertible? SUV. Mac or PC? PC. PlayStation or Wii? Wii. Singing or dancing? Singing. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Italian or Chinese food? Chinese. Summer or winter? Summer. Kim Kardashian or Scarlett Johansson? Scarlett, absolutely. Johnny Depp or Will Smith? Uh, Johnny Depp. Mall or online shopping? Uh, Mall. Um, Ice cream or gelato? Gelato. Cinema or home movie? Cinema. Cake or cookies? Cake. Cookies or cookie dough? Cookies. Family or friends? That's tough. Family. (laughs) Football or soccer? Football. Christmas or your birthday? Christmas. Night or day? Uh, night. Bus or train? Train. Straight or curly hair? Curly. Eye colour blue or brown? Blue. Vampire or werewolf? Vampire. Texting or calling? Texting. Sydney or Melbourne? Sydney. Friday or Saturday? Saturday. TV or movies? Uh, movies. Starbucks or glory jeans? Glory jeans. Snow or surf? Surf. Harry Potter or Twilight? Harry Potter. Family Guy or The Simpsons? Simpsons. McDonald's or Hunger Jacks? Uh, McDonald's. And we're out of time. No. Oh, how many questions do you think you answered in that time? Maybe 40. Ooh, very, very close. And I remember you were saying 40 was a lot. <laughs> so Todd McKenney answered 40. And you have answered... You have answered 44. So you've answered four more questions. You beat him. Woo! Oh, wow. Okay. And you beat Rob Mills. There were, some re- there were some really tough ones in there because family or friends, how can you possibly go? You know, I know. It's a good stump friends. one, isn't it? It makes you stop and it makes yeah. other people win. <laughs> and not being a sporting person, soccer or football, it doesn't really matter to me. No. Neither. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Some people say that too. Same with the skiing or snowboarding. I don't care, yeah. whatever. I don't like either. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, and Ainsley Mellon answered 49. So maybe if you didn't stump oh. on the family and friends, maybe you would have, maybe right. would have beat him. <laughs> now, we are unfortunately getting to the end of the interview, Ian. But as a closing statement, and was probably the most important question, a little bit more serious now, knowing what you know now, what would you tell your 14-year-old self? I would say to myself, say yes to every opportunity because you don't know where it's going to lead mm. um you know and you're going to have a great time just enjoy it yeah absolutely love that that's that's good advice for all the young listeners too just yeah. to say yes yeah. to everything all the opportunities grab every opportunity you can 
Absolutely. Well, we put that in a book last year, the book behind me. So I, I love still asking people that question. Who knows? I might might uh, write another one and put you in it. <laughs> Absolutely. You can have it. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I love the having the whole and all of this amazing advice just in one book for all the younger generation. It's fantastic. Starting to put it in schools too. So that'll be my... I started doing that before lockdown happened and then I got to start doing it again now in 2022. But before we go, if our listeners would like to contact you or find out what you're up to in the future, check out any of the shows, where should they go? Uh, Go to my website, IPPublicity, my initials, IPPublicity.com.au, and it's got a list of the shows there and a contact uh, form to to come to me. So, yep. And who knows, you might need some more interns. The interview could help. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we usually get a couple of every year of people and, you know, some of them I've employed in the future and some are, some weren't interested, but, yes, always happy to have him. Oh, good. Kind of paying it forward too. It's fantastic. Exactly. And you really paid it forward today. So thank you very much, Ian. I really loved having you on the show. Finally, I think it's been, what, a couple of years in the making? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Yeah, but you're welcome on any time in the future, okay? So if you want to come back on, chat about anything, I am here. <laughs> Terrific. Thank you, Lauren. You're welcome. All the best for for a wonderful new year. Thank you for listening. If you want to be the first to get every new episode, remember to subscribe to this podcast for free. Just search for Rave It Up on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share it with your friends and tell us what you love the most and even let us know what you want to hear on this podcast. You can even check out the videos of our interviews on our YouTube channel, Rave It Up TV. And for more, visit our website, raveituptv.com. Now, before I leave you today, I just want you to remember that you are loved and you are beautiful. Bye.